0: Three, two. Hey, y'all, this is your girl, Sonia, and welcome back to She Say, She Say Sports. As you know, this month marks my one-year anniversary as a host for She Say, She Say Sports podcast. I'm excited and thankful that I have one year under my belt and looking forward to many more years to come. This month, I will be talking with women who are at the top of their game in their respective fields. Today, I have with me athletic director at Dillard University, Dr. Kiki Baker-Barnes. Hello, Dr. Barnes. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. I'm excited you're here, too. Thank you um, for very short notice for coming on the show. Absolutely, absolutely. Could you please tell the um, listeners a little bit about yourself? So, a little bit about me. I
1: (laughs) am currently Athletic Director at Dillard University. I serve um, in a dual role as Commissioner of the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. I'm actually now hosting a sports show on a local station here, WBOK, 1230 a.m., married, two kids, and very happy.
0: (laughs) That is awesome. That's what it's all about, especially after 2020. (laughs) Yes. It's all about being happy. Amen. You know, Dr. Barnes, I read where you said your plan was to become an athletic director at 45, but his plan, God's plan, was to have you become an AD at 32. And my uncle used to tell me, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. So apparently <laughs> yes. he was cracking up at your plans because you became an athletic director 13 years ahead of your schedule. Yeah. Would you share with us your journey to becoming the first woman AD in the state of Louisiana?
1: Well, I wasn't the first, let me say that. I wasn't the first okay. woman AD okay. in the state of Louisiana, but I'll say that during the time that I have been athletic director, um, actually, I've been the only woman,
0: so yes.
1: okay, that's kind of where I've been. But uh, I'll tell you, before before I got this opportunity, I had uh, really uh, – there was a pivotal moment that I had. I started out as a graduate assistant basketball coach at UL Lafayette. I was working on my master's degree. Really, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated. I thought I was going to be on TV because <laughs> I <laughs> I liked TV, and yes. I, I thought I was going to have my own show like Oprah, all of this kind of stuff. Well, I got the opportunity to, to get my master's paid for, of course, and be a graduate assistant coach and fell in love with coaching. And so initially on this journey, you know, I was like, I could see myself doing this, you know, being full-time coach, and, you know, I could, I'd, I'd be the one that I'd help influence young women, and I'd win championships, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, I got my first head coaching job at Southern University at Shreveport. I had been in the, the profession by this time now for three years, two years at UL, then another year at Southern Baton Rouge, got my, my, my first opportunity at Southern University Shreveport, and about a couple of months into the job, my boss took another job. And the athletic director position was available. Now, here's the thing. There were only four sports, quote-unquote, in the department. There was cheer, dance, women's basketball, and men's basketball. I was over three out of those four. <laughs> wow. So, so I kind of felt like, hey, maybe maybe I could be the athletic director since I'm over all the sports, right? Well, they made the gentleman who was the men's basketball coach that they appointed men's basketball coach as the athletic director. And I felt some kind of way because I felt like I had just completed my master's And I was already over three of the other sports anyway. So I felt like, you know, they weren't ready to take a chance on a 25-year-old because I was 25 at that time. And I was really, that was the first time where I said, well, I think I might want to be athletic director. That was, at no point prior to that did I believe that that was possible. Well, uh, I that was that first little bug, you know, I'm kinda thinking mm-hmm. like, well I, I, I could be an athletic director and if I get a shot maybe in the future I'll do that. Well, um I transitioned from there, went to a junior college for a year because I was just trying to figure out my way, like what did I really want to do? Was I gonna fully um move move in this, this coaching Career path, or did I want to do something else, and those who have been in college coaching know it's really volatile i mean you're moving every two to three years based on what's happening head coach gets fired, whole staff gets fired so it's it's real it's just it's robust. Mm -hmm. And I was tired of moving every two, three years. So I decided to take a year off, came back to New Orleans, said, I'm going to go ahead and get into a Ph.D. program because from the looks of it, I haven't seen very many women athletic directors. I mean, everyone that I had from a student athlete all the way up until I worked was a white male. So I was like, in order for me to get a shot, I'm going to have to have a Ph.D. and have to be overqualified. So I got into a program took a year off from athletics, and actually had a decent year. I was working in housing. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe I could, you know, maybe go towards uh, student affairs, and maybe I could take that path. Maybe I don't even want to do athletics anymore. Well, Dilla University at that time had just hired their first African-American female athletic director, Dr. Robin Martin. Robin played at the University of New Orleans just like I did. We played at two separate times. Okay. But we played for the same coach. So I called her to tell her congratulations, and that call literally turned into an interview. Um, She wound up hiring me as her assistant and kind of got back into the coaching thing, and it was like, okay, I'm going to do this because, one, I get to work for a woman who's an athletic director, and basically I'm going to get the ropes. Like, I'm going to learn the insider's ropes. I got someone who's going to mentor me, all of this good stuff. Well, That was 2004, and we know what happened in New Orleans in 2005. Right. And so in November of 2005, I actually got laid off. And I will tell you, I was pretty upset about it. I was not happy because I felt like – Man, you know, I said I wanted to do this athletics thing. I now have a mentor, and you just, God, you're just taking this away from me. So fast forward to 2006. uh, Robin takes another job um, because, again, they had let everybody go. They only kept the athletic director and even cut a couple of the sports. And um, they were looking for her replacement. There were just tons of things going on in terms of trying to bring the program back. And so I was the person that they hired to take her position, and that's how I got my opportunity. Wow.
0: And, you know, it's amazing because, you know, like you said, you was like, what's going on? But he brought you in right after Hurricane Katrina. And as we know, New Orleans was hit the hardest. What plan did you implement not only to help restore the athletic department at Dillard, but also the student athlete's morale after this deadly hurricane?
1: (laughs) That's so funny <laughs> that you asked that question. So
0: <laughs>
1: I recently so I've been working on a fifteen year annual report. Um, basically wow. kind of chronicling everything because this year began my fifteenth year. Mm-hmm. So I have I am I'm working on a plan because we need to raise money and there are some bigger things we need to do to move the university forward. So I said this would be a great time to really Take a look at what we've done and let's let's put it in writing let's 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 tell a story around where we've been, where we are, and how this prepares us for like our next fifteen years so I have a timeline a document where I have a timeline of like really critical things that happened in each year right so I was looking at the I was looking at my um uh, at my timeline, and I remember telling someone I said. True to form, one of, one of my nicknames is Chief Energy Officer. Um, that, that's, that's my nickname, especially for the radio. I'm like, hey, it's the Chief Energy Officer. And I took the job on September 11, 2006. And my
0: first
1: act as athletic director, the first decision I made, and this is going to make you laugh, was I made sure to reinstate the cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> so, on my document, you'll see October two thousand six Barnes reinstates the cheerleading squad <laughs> because you need that, yes, because when you when we are going through tough times, you yes. have to have have encouragers, you have to be encouraging, you have to be optimistic. Those things are really critical when you are coming from nothing, like if you don't believe or can find a positive way to see out of your situation, then you won't get out of that situation. That's right. And so I make jokes about that because literally um, in this world and what I've discovered in terms of my own personal gifts of leadership, the first thing that I wanted to be when I was young was a cheerleader. Wow. I used to go to our high school, I used to go to the little high school camp. So I'm from a very small town called Mendo, Louisiana, and – the high school team would go to, to camp in the summer, and then they'd come back and host their own clinic, which was like their, fun, was like their fundraiser for the mm-hmm. little girls in the city. Well, I went every year, and guess what? I won Most Spirited every freaking year. Wow. <laughs> so my first love before I knew about basketball, before I knew about anything else, was cheer. And I was so good at it. And I think about kind of where I am now. Even in my role as a leader, I'm usually just the biggest cheerleader. I have an idea or we come up with a great idea, and then I'm encouraging and I'm sharing good positivity. I'm providing constructive criticism that helps us to move forward. We're being critical. But at the end of the day, it's the energy that I bring that helps breed success, and that that thing is what I believe that God gave me. Like it's not something um, that I really understood the power of mm-hmm. until I sat down and start reflecting on, like, how in the world did we do all this? We had nothing. Wow, <laughs> <Literally>. that's true. <laughs> Literally. So my first act was uh, to get the get my Energizer bunnies around me. Okay. And then there were a series of things um, we had to get. I had to file appeals and, and get um, exceptions because we were at that point under the the max, the minimum number of sports that we needed. In the NAIA, you have to have a minimum number of six. We were at three, so there was a series of appeals and things that I had to submit to the NAIA for us to continue to operate and be a member while we were trying to build the program back. Um, there there was a, a a group effort in terms of uh, a study that I led with our faculty athletic representatives that kind of analyzed what would work for us looking at numbers with sports analyzing what would be best for us at the time mm-hmm. so um there was there were tons of things but I can tell you that you know we were able to put out a goal each year at the beginning of the year and then we work we put all our resources toward that goal if it wasn't aligned with the goal, we didn't do it. I may put it on the board as something we eventually get to. But right. when you're a rebuild when you're a building, you have to start from the ground up and you have to do one thing at a time. Okay. One piece at a time. So when I looked at my, my little my lovely little uh fifteen year timeline,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I can basically look at the building blocks. You know the first year was just making sure we could we could still operate as a member, so it was the peel process you know bringing back programs that could be helpful um getting our facility back. you know we weren't in our facility, we were using Delgado at that time, which is community college, which is maybe about five or ten miles away from where the campus is located
0: mm-hmm. so
1: yeah, um yeah, it was a lot, but it's been great. <laughs>
0: You know what I love? I mean, about your personality, it's amazing because when we before we started the interview, you know, when I called you, we were talking, we started laughing like we have been friends for years. <laughs> I love that you're you're delightful, and Thank you. you're right. It, it says a lot about your attitude. I mean, it you can't go any further unless <laughs> you have a bit a good attitude, and that's what I believe has helped out um Dillard these last 15 years. Yeah. That it is it is it's awesome. Yeah. That is great. Thank you. So Dr. Barnes, up until 2013, you played dual roles at Dillard as athletic director and head coach of the women's basketball team. Now, for you to do both for 7 years had to be a labor of love. Was it hard for you to let go of the coaching duties? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. And so, I'll,
1: so here's a funny story, and and I'll, well, maybe even more of an inspirational story. Okay. So, if you ever sat down and talked to my my assistant at that time, Norbert Rome, he's my head women's <laughs> basketball coach now, but we spit out and cracked jokes about that. Like that was probably the toughest time of my life. I've never something wow. so. I've never suffered so many losses, ever. <laughs> Do you hear me? Ever. <laughs> I was like, I am a winner, and I can't understand why I can't get my team to win. I mean, I didn't have a scholarship. I only had, like, three scholarships. So, I mean, you know, it was a really challenging time. But I was insistent on, at some point, that I was going to win a championship. And I used to give this analogy. So I'm a church girl, but I cuss sometimes, so forgive me, you know.
0: <laughs> Same here.
1: I just, yeah. But but I would give these passionate, like, speeches after <laughs> games or before games when I'm trying to motivate them. And I I would tell this story about the promised land. And so, you know, we all know this well if you're a Christian. Right. You all know the, motive, the story. Yeah. Yeah, of 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 the of the Promised Land and the Israelites, and you know, if try they're trying to they're trying to get you know to the Promised Land, and um, I think it was Moses. Moses was gonna lead them to the Promised Land, mm-hmm. and I had been giving that story over and over again. and I was like, I don't know if y'all gonna make it, but we gonna get there. We gonna win. <laughs> I don't know if you are gonna be with us, but we are gonna win it at some point because I can see it. You know that I could visually see where we were going to be really successful and all of these wonderful things were going to happen, and I would be challenging them to be a part of that, you know. Right. But there, there was this point, and I remember in that year, I was so frustrated. I was so tired because the promised land wasn't happening, and I couldn't understand why these wins weren't happening when I had clearly seen the vision of us, you know, being the champion. Right. So I'm one, I think it may have been after a game, and it, again, it was after a really bad loss, so I am really reassessing what I believe and what I what I think is possible. I pick up my Bible, and I go to read the story about the promised led. And so as I read the story, I said, you know, I didn't
0: really read this story all the way because, if you know the story, Moses never did make it. He said, that he, God let him look over into the Promised Land. Yes. So, so I'm sitting there like, what well, God? So I was only supposed to see it. I don't, I don't get to go. So, so in other words. You looked over in there for seven years. Seven years is a year of completion. <laughs> yes.
1: yes. And it was in that moment where I knew what I was supposed to do. Wow. Understood at that Unbelievable. moment. Unbelievable. I wasn't supposed to take the team to the championship because that was what I was saying was the promised land. He had right. raised up another leader. You remember his, his number two, Aaron, yes. if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Aaron is a Joseph. Aaron, Joseph, one of them, two. Right? Yeah. That was his number two. I had an errand sitting by me. And I called I called Rome the next day and I said I said I well first I texted him the scripture. I said, I need you to read this. We're gonna talk about it later. I came to the office that day, we came to the office and I told him their story. I said, because I had been telling this promised land story for the last, for the seven years I had been telling this story. Wow. <laughs> and he was there right with me. He believed. And every year we would end and we didn't make it to the promised land. And then we'd come back another year. We still didn't make it to the promised land. We didn't come back yet and we still hadn't made it. So I'm sitting here and I'm telling him, I said, I said, do you know who you are? And when he said, I'm Eric, I said, okay, so I am getting ready to write my resume. <laughs> and I want to know if you're willing to accept this opportunity and he was like I can do it and that's what made me feel like it was okay to move forward because my vision was right and it was clear yeah. and it made so much sense because I'm i made so much sense because I was Moses I wasn't supposed to go but I had already laid out the vision I had Aaron who was totally bought into the vision and had the skill set to do it. Wow! And it took him two, three years before we were in that promised land. We won championship back to back. It was the greatest
0: time of my, oh my life. But just think, that you not really just you know caught that 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 story? Yeah. <laughs> and it's. And I'll say this. So for me.
1: Leadership and growth is about how you make meaning of the knowledge and the experiences that you have. So everybody is not necessarily Christian, right? That was one of the things, like, when I first went to college, like, I didn't realize that there really were other religions, you know. And anything that went Baptist was like something wrong with y'all.
0: right? You
1: know, I I I have some very narrow views because that was all I had been exposed to. But once I kind of got into the world and started seeing where, you know, people think differently, but it's not wrong. It's just different. So I learned, you know, again, that you have to make your faith work for you, whatever your faith is in. Not your religion, but your faith in what you believe and what has been given to you as a part of what is important in this world. And so... When I'm working with people, coaching, young people, administrators, people that I mentor, the question is with what you've been given, if you've been given a vision, you've been given an assignment, you have special talents and gifts, you have knowledge, you have people who've been around you who have shared either maybe the word or positivity or whatever it is, how do you make meaning of that to help you take the right step Mm. in your life. And so because the Bible and Christianity was a part of my development and education, it was how do I learn how to use the scriptures to help me make decisions when I don't know what to do? And so that was an example. So when you asked me, was it hard for me to make the decisions? No, because I was able to understand by using the scriptures to make it practical to me. I was like, well, if I'm Moses and I've been preaching this and I really believe that this is what God wants me to do or if this is the path I'm on, then I have to believe it even when it's not necessarily the way I saw it playing out because I saw myself as the person winning the championship. But I'm the athletic director, so any championship that a coach wins is my win. That's right. Right. your win. Right. And he places people in your path or in your circle that can help you achieve things. So as we grow in our leadership and in our perspectives, you start realizing that, one, things are way bigger than just you. So just because the vision was given to me, it doesn't mean that I'm supposed to do everything. But because of the leadership skills that I've been gifted with and the vision and I have a voice and I can get people on board, my energy is what brings people together. It's what gets them motivated. I can make things move through other people.
0: I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. And and, you know, you definitely um, you are you are the CEO. (laughs) I I am. You are. And you know, last year you were named Under Armour Athletic Director of the Year, which celebrates leaders in athletics who have impacted their peers, and you have, as well as young students. And congratulations on that prestigious award. Thank you. Congratulations.
1: I will tell you, that was one of the greatest moments. If I have to look back on all the moments in my life, that was one of the greatest moments. And here's why. So let me tell you. Mm -hmm. Okay, because I can talk right. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Let me tell you how significant that moment was. The award was one thing, but there were two things that happened that were working in concert with that that really just blew me away. When I talk about, you know, when people ask me about building the athletics program here and taking over after Hurricane Katrina, one of the things I like to usually talk about, and I'll share this now, is the support of students. When I started, I was the AD, the head coach. I had a men's basketball coach and a part-time volleyball coach. I didn't have an assistant administrator, like, you know, in terms of a secretary. I did not have a sports information director. We had contracted the athletic trainers out. Literally, me and two other people, okay? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I needed support. I needed help. And guess where the help came from? Students. I had students who would come by and be like, hey, Coach Kiki, because I was Coach Kiki then and not Dr. Barnes. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thinking I want to work in sports. Uh, Can I come and help an assistant? Like, literally. I mean, they just stopped Uh, by randomly, like, just wanted to talk about sports. So I wound up developing this program called, you know, a game day management program where I had students who would volunteer to help me produce the games. They'd work at the games. Literally everything that I've been able to do at Dillard has been some collaboration with a student group. Wow. So all the success that I have experienced here, again, I mean, I never had great staff, but I'm telling you, when I came with some idea that was off the wall, I didn't get the support from administrators. I got that support from students. When I said I wanted to do the Blue Level Classic, it was my students that said, hey, we're going to do this big classic, and we're going to do it at the Lakefront Arena, and we're going to do it like we're going to be the Bayou Classic of basketball is what I told them. They were like, oh, yeah, Coach Kiki, we can do that. Let's make it happen. Like, they didn't, at no point did they not believe it was possible. Like, all they could see was how, how, how. So, yeah. a, so, when I, so when I think about success, and it's why I really take it really serious that I have the opportunity to work at an institution, to be an educator and that I owe it to students to share every resource, every thought, everything that I've learned in my life, I have to pass that along. And I do that by working alongside with them. So I have my little game day management student group, and I was able to talk about how wonderful it has been to share and to grow. They're the ones that taught me social media. They keep me hip. I share (laughs) my knowledge professionally, and we both grow together. Well, when let me see. About two years ago, I started this program, So You Want a Career in Athletics, to expose girls' age 13 to 18 to careers in sports. I was like, man, I was like, when I graduated, I wasn't even thinking about a career in sports. This all kind of just happened because God said so. So what I want to make sure is that we're more intentional. Now that I've walked this path, it's my job to make sure that they, they are able to avoid some of the things that may have been a little bit tougher for me. So I started this program. Uh, And, of course, my my young ladies who work with me, they're all part of They're like the big sisters. They help. We do the programming. I invited some of my colleagues in the business to come and speak. Okay, great opportunity. Well, there was a young lady over at Xavier University who was doing sports broadcasting. She got the ESPN Roden Fellow Fellowship. So, I mean, she's really sharp. And I reach out to her and I say, hey, I want you to come and be a presenter for my So You Want to Create in Athletics event uh, for 20, that was 2019. Mm-hmm. February 2019, I said, you're doing great stuff. I really think it's important that young girls see young women, not, because right. I'm kind of old, even though I look young, but I can see where I'm starting to get away. So when they see somebody with a fresh face, they're currently in college, you know, young young people like that, right? I invite her over. So she comes over. um, She does a fantastic job along with the other presenters. And so we, of course, spark up a relationship. About a month or two later, um, I think the announcement comes out that I'm going to be Athletic Director of the Year. It's amazing. And it's really cool. We (laughs) see each other at an event. And she comes to me and she says, Dr. Barnes, I'm going to be reaching out to you in, uh, maybe next week or so, I pitch the story to my boss that I want to do on you um, so I need to do my interview. So I'm like, okay, cool. So she calls me the next week. We schedule a time. We do the interview. Now, it's another month or so it, and she never drops the story and I'm kind of like um, I was like, I wonder when she's going to drop the story but I don't think anything else about it. We move on. Right. It's time. It's June the whatever the date was, it's the day of me getting the award. Okay? Wow. <laughs> that morning, ESPN undefeated article drops. Barnes Blazing Trail. This young lady literally pitched the story and knew how to pitch it in a way that it would coincide to release at the same day that I was gonna receive my award. And what so like Social media was, like, crazy that day because people are like this, like, yes, you know. Just nothing but positivity. And I was like, but that was a student. A student did that. Yeah. And it kind of just reinforced to me, like, the investment in our students matters. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't expecting to get a national story because a student pitched it. You think you're going to get somebody who's been doing the work, the big-time journalist and sports people, and you think, you know, they're going to reach out to you, do this feature story on you, and blah, blah, blah. A student did that. And when I look at my career and the things that I've been able to have success I can't say I've had success without acknowledging young people and how they have partnered and I've learned and grown as well as they've learned from me to have success. So that made it really, really special. The second thing that made it really, really special was this was, this was um, let me see, there are about 20 of us that get athletic director that year for each division. I was asked to speak on behalf of all the athletic directors, me, the NAIA athletic director at the small HBCU in New Orleans with 1,200 students. Out of all the people that got the award, they asked me to speak on behalf of all the ADs. Un-freaking-believable It's all I can
0: say. That's amazing
1: so those two things for me was just like man not only did the student launch the story that i had no idea was going to be that big because i i mean student journalists reach out to me all the time they usually publish in the it's like an assignment like i'm doing this assignment for my class and i wanted to interview i get these all the time no idea it was going to be an ESPN undefeated undefeated
0: none <laughs> and in the way it you know it it slid in the exact same day.
1: Literally. I was, I was blown away. And the young lady is amazing. Like, she's doing amazing things. I can't, um, Alana Barefield, that's her name. I, I think she's, she's doing some sports work. But, I mean, she's doing sports and entertainment. Um, but just an amazing young lady. But literally, it was, yeah. So, I mean, those things for me, that's what made it special. Because I was like, man, not only did the student. Raise my personal profile, but I also got selected by um, the group to be the spokesperson for all of my colleagues, and to have that honor meant tons to me.
0: You know, I guess that's why God's plans are better than ours. Because had you waited till 45, to be <laughs> again, <laughs> you would have started too late, girl. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you know I turned 45 this year. I'm 45. There, it's you
1: my Michael to Jordan. It's my Michael Jordan. 25 years.
0: Oh, oh, are you a Michael Jordan fan? Yes,
1: yes. I love Michael I Jordan am,
0: since I was 12. Yes, um, <laughs> that is my. Well, we'll talk later. But anyway, because I want, I know you got to go. I want to finish um, this interview real quick. But Dr. Barnes, with well, all that you have on your plate, you also have a business, Kiki Baker Barnes LLC. Yes, and you also mentioned the radio show. So tell me, can you elaborate just a little, because I know you got to go, um, just give us a little bit about what you do with your business and the radio show.
1: Yes, so I'm so excited. So I have uh, been working, actually I hired a business coach this year, because I am looking to develop the next, leadership, um, the next leaders in athletics. So Kiki Baker-Bonds LLC is basically a leadership and management solutions company uh, to assist small colleges um, and um, helping them to create solutions that help them operate more proficiently. Um, That's one of the things that I've done really, really well at Dillard. Like we do a lot of stuff that people wouldn't believe we could do considering that I only have one, I have an administrative assistant now and I have an assistant AD for communications. We do live streams, we got social media, like we're doing all of that. And some of that's um, just because, you know, we have come up with very creative ways to do that. Um, As well as I'm working on a course that I'll be doing that's um, kind of like a leadership development course. So I'm building that out and hoping to launch that uh, in January of 2021. So I'm okay. thrilled about that. And hopefully by 2022, I'm hoping to be able to do one-on-one coaching. Um, I do do workshops in terms of going in and doing some leadership development or management workshops. So okay. I have been um, hired by some other colleges to come in and do some work with their athletics programs. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm working on a book that's going to be coming oh, so up soon. It's called The Perfect. Right now it's called The Perfect Storm um, Well, I'm going to
0: bring you back when you um, when that book is. um, Yay! Yeah. Talk about
1: it. So that's what I'm doing, and then the show is just a lot of fun. I mean, we just we talk sports and laugh and joke. We do a segment called Winning Women Wednesday every Wednesday, Um, Uh and so we try to highlight a young woman who is doing some great work in sports, and that has been fun, 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 fun. Because Mm -hmm. I see it, I see my role in life as to help build other platforms. Okay. So, if there is any way I can amplify or um, put another young woman that to increase their visibility and what they're mm-hmm. doing, then that is my responsibility for this opportunity.
0: That's awesome, and I will be listening in. Just um, you know, Go sending information via email. Okay. I, I will definitely, be, especially on the Wednesday. Okay. So, in addition to all the many hats that you wear, your best position is wife and mommy of two. How are you able? <laughs> Wait a minute.
1: <laughs> that's that's a funny question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How are you able to juggle it all and still maintain a balance and sanity?
1: So there is no balance. Let me just be honest.
0: <laughs> so
1: let's, we just go clear that up real quick. There's no balance, people. All righty, there's no balance. It. So and I, so, I'll have to put a caveat. I am a stepmommy. Okay. So there are four parents, and we shared that responsibility.
0: Yeah.
1: So between myself, their mom, their stepdad, and their dad, we worked hard to give them a good <laughs> life.
0: <laughs> and I know if, they're thankful.
1: They are. I, I will say that um, Caitlin's gonna graduate in May. Oh my okay. God! I just can't even believe she's graduating from Dillard. Uh, oh, from just,
0: college. Oh, okay, yes. wow. She's
1: graduated from college, and Mark is a sophomore in Notre Dame right now. And he literally, if he wanted to, could graduate in year three, but mm-hmm. he doesn't want to, so he's going to find a way to extend it if it's taken an additional minor or something. But they are really good kids. Um, awesome. And i I think the one thing that I'm most grateful for is that they have their own faith, they understand. God in their own way. Just like I understand God, like God is real to them because of their own personal experiences. I know that for sure for each one of them. And that they can rationalize logically in their decision-making process. And I think at the end of the day when you are raising children, that's what you want. At the, they need to be able to stand on their own and they need to be right. able to make their own decisions. But not only that but they need to be able to support why so if they make a decision that I'm not necessarily in line with uh, the other three parents give me tell me why and they can do right. that and since we since I understand that their life is their life to live I can appreciate that and know that at, when they get to their crossroads they know who to go to they know to go to God All Right.
0: that's good and, and you did your job and- you know, I um, I interviewed um, Ann Deppner from the Minnesota Vikings last week, and we okay. were talking, and I mentioned um, the Proverbs 31 woman. Yes. And all that she's, you know, done and, you know, the things that she, you know, all the businesses she has and the stuff you know. that she does. And her husband and her children call her blessed. She was a bad woman. You're a bad woman. That's why I brought it up. So I see. You are definitely a Proverbs thirty one woman, just like Anne. I you know, you guys have done amazing jobs um, multitasking. And I you know, that's I think that's just something God puts on the inside of a woman. We can yeah. do so much. Yeah. And yeah. effortlessly. And it's yeah. just you know, it's amazing. So but Doctor Barnes, it has when I say truly been a pleasure, I have enjoyed this interview. <laughs> I love it. I will, I will definitely be coming down to Dillard do soon for a game and a tour of the athletic department. I actually I interned with Jackson State when I was working on my master's at the athletic department. So okay. I love um, doing game day operations. That was okay. one of my things to do. So I would like to come and, you know, and check you guys out. Yeah, I'm sure we can make that happen. Are, are you in Jackson, right? I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you're right down the road. We definitely right can make that road. happen.
1: Look, when outside, open back
0: up. Right. So please tell the listeners how they can follow you on social media as well as contact you regarding your business and your radio show.
1: Yes. So listen, y'all follow me at Kiki Baker Barnes, K-I-K-I-B-A-K-E-R-B-A-R-N-E-S on all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and on LinkedIn. And then my website is www.kikibakerbarnes.com dot com. Um, our radio show, Big Time Sports Show, Monday through Friday from six to eight. Uh, Wbok twelve thirty dot com. We do Facebook Live too, so you oh, can good, follow okay. Wbok twelve thirty. Now, if you want to really enjoy, it, you got to do Facebook Live because I could up. I'm dancing. Oh, I, I can and, imagine. Yeah, during the breaks, you know, if I'm, you got dance
0: breaks, all kinds of stuff. It's fun. I love it. That is awesome. And, guys, you can follow me at She Says She Say Sports on Facebook, She Says She Say Sports 23 on Instagram, and that's my show for today. Until next time, this is Sonia with She Says She Say Sports, and I'll see you on the radio. That was great. <laughs> okay, we're done. <laughs> uh, wait, wait a minute. minute. Ryan told me you're my wait, you my star Where you playing? Yeah, Chattersburg Alumni Chapter. Chattersburg yeah, I, I wanted to bring it up, but I was like, "We'll be talking all day." I, as a matter of fact, I just changed my profile to a picture with me throwing it up because you know next <laughs> month is our founders. So I was like, "Let me get started now." <laughs> oh awesome, my star, <software>. <laughs> I awesome.
1: am Spring '96 uh, University of New Orleans Utah chapter, and. Um, I have been a member of New Orleans alumni forever now. Um but mm-hmm. that's that's where I, I I do my service when I can because I got a hundred things going on. Yes but. you do, honey. <laughs> so
0: well, I'm I'm a baby. Um I actually was gonna pledge um Delta Pi ninety three at Jackson State, but my mother, you know, she said it was a cult so she would not give me the money. Oh. So <laughs> I um pledge, I am a centennial baby. I pledged um and I'm um I'm a member of Madison Capture, so that's why I'm I work with them. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I, I'm you know it was when I I was like she's a sewer, so I was really excited about that.
1: Well, I am definitely grateful that you considered me for your podcast. Thank you so much. No, When you. when are you going to put it out? I'll make sure I share it as well and tag uh, you
0: next, next Thursday. Well, Christmas is next Friday, so I'm um, you. I'm sure. I think you know um, my producer, Mike. Yeah, because that's how when I first heard your name, Mike Prince open Oh, market. Mike! Oh, you're doing it with Mike. Okay, yeah, Hello, that's Mike. my producer. Okay. So, um, I'm sure he's gonna probably put it out Thursday. So he's of I can, I can,
1: all of this. I can mm-hmm. see. I can see Mike busting at me because he like you ain't. Um, I think he was trying to do something with us, me, and some of the other athletic directors. But mm-hmm. I was like, I just don't have the time to to do that now, especially since I got a show show.
0: Right. I was oh, like yeah. I
1: can't like call the that and then try to do this show and the other. Yeah, when Rod like told me
0: you had a radio show, I said, How does she do all of this? It <laughs> was like he said, I know. I'm like, 'Cause I'm reading your bio, I'm like, How is she doing all this?
1: I don't yeah. understand. I'll but be all over the place. Just pray for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like, she finished the office, baby, it's God. That's how I would tell you I'm is doing all this. God. When, but that's when when you know it's him, everything just kind of flows. So it really amazing. does. It's amazing. Wow. So, well, definitely I'm gonna send you um, you a friend request on Facebook. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Please I'm do. Tag you in the post on next week. Um, okay, that'll
1: Facebook. be perfect. And then I can share it and make sure people tune in and follow you as well. Thank you so much. And merry yep. Christmas. Say to you and hopefully you know again when we get when open, outside open we'll get a chance to actually connect I, I'd
0: love to be able to do that um I will too I will too Definitely. yeah so um I will be keeping in touch and you know following you and making sure you know I'll keep up with the book so but cool I will be doing So you were on my list for 2021 to interview okay and, and then me and Rob was on the phone. Other day. I was like, you know, can you? And he was like, yeah, I, I know her. I was like, but I was not expecting today. So I'm so glad <laughs> he was able to do it. I, I scratched your name. I said, well, she's off my list for 2021. But I, I mean, so I got you. So thank you so much. You are so
1: welcome. And you take
0: care of my soul, Roy. Okay, you too. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.